like I'm very motivated by like doing the unique, doing the thing that people tell you not to do, doing the thing that scares you, doing the thing that that motivates you to change your life, basically. Because had I not gone to Qatar, I'd be an interior designer in Connecticut, I'm sure. <laughs> now I'm you're now you're planning group trips to termite huts in Zambia. Come one, come all. <laughs> Welcome to our newest series, Campfire Chats. And this series of shows is so important that it's going to be broadcast across both of our podcasts, the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast and the Location Indie podcast. So if you're listening on the EPOP podcast, hello, travel nerds. And if you're listening on the Location Indie podcast, get ready for a behind the scenes, unfiltered, no holds barred look at the realities of the Location Independent Lifestyle and if you like this so much that you are deciding to listen on both twice, huge thank you uh, for being our number one fan, getting those download numbers up, 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 up. And if you do listen on both, please shoot me a message on Instagram at Extra Pack Peanuts. Let me lo- know you listen to both shows. I want to give you some love because, guys, that is that is commitment. If you're listening on to the same podcast on two different feeds and why is the Campfire Chat series so incredible? And why is it called Campfire Chats? Because I am going to bring on a bevy. I love that word. I try to think of a better word, but bevy fits of people who are responsible for making our biggest event of the year happen. That is called Camp Indy. And these are travelers, entrepreneurs, digital nomads, adventure seekers who are living life on their own terms and who are gracious enough to come and help you do the same thing, both during this podcast and then in person at Camp Indy, which is our adult summer camp and conference that runs from June 16th to 19th, 2023. And the two people I have on me on with me today will both be speaking at Camp Indy. So you're going to get a little sneak peek of their wisdom uh, here on the podcast. John Burnett, one of the most heartfelt, honest, inspiring humans I've ever met. Welcome, John. Thank you, my brother. It's awesome to be here. It is awesome to have you guys back. And Erica Hackman, head of the Nomadic Network, has been one of my closest confidants over the past few years and serves as, honestly, the world's best hype woman. Whenever I'm feeling down, she (laughs) says, Erica, I haven't even told you this yet. She sent me a message the other day. She goes, just stand in your power, Trav. And I was like, oh, oh, that's pretty powerful. So thank you, Erica, for joining us. Anytime. And as I mentioned- Yeah, yeah. Well, they can't see that. They don't know. They don't know that you're blushing. Um, I am super excited to have both of you on. Both of you will be speaking at Camp Indy. Both of you have been huge, huge, huge supporters and proponents of Camp Indy. John, you were at the first one that we ran in the weird time of COVID, not COVID, COVID coming back September 2021. So we did pull off one of those in a scaled down version. And then when we decided to do this next one in a in a bigger version and do it fully, uh, Erica, you were one of the first people to say like, you got to do it. I, I didn't get to go to the, the last one. And you could tell everyone why you didn't get to go to the last one. And John and I can weigh in whether it's a legitimate excuse or not why you weren't at <laughs> Camp Indy 2021. Why didn't you come? Because John asked me that before. He's I had like, a baby at the end of February of 2021. So I was 
either on maternity leave or, well, I guess that would be a bad excuse. But I, anyway, I was like not sleeping. <laughs> I, and I, I was guess. nursing all day. Good enough. John, you, you give that a thumbs up. That's okay. She had a baby. Couldn't come to the first camp. We're going to go ahead. A middle thumb. It's like a little weak, but you know, babies, family, <laughs> I guess it's a priority. <laughs> yeah. And uh, total and thumbs, double thumbs up. Double woman that double knows what's important. Up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so the good part is my son is over two now, which is terrible for flights because they're not free anymore. But it means that I don't have to stay here and I can actually go to Camp Indy for the weekend. So very woo, woo, exciting. Woo. Well, mm-hmm. you, and you just told us of a hack. Uh, you told us of a of a of a hack for Disney World that I didn't know of. Yeah. So apparently you don't have to pay for your kids up until their third birthday. Even if it's if they turn three on like your trip, that also counts as a free trip um, for Disney World. And for flights, you don't have to pay for your kids until they're two. So I got a lot of flights out before he turned two. And now I'm like crying, thinking about even bringing him to Disney World, which is such a cheap flight, but it's not free. <laughs> I I will tell you, I, the reason that came up is because I'm going to Disney World starting tomorrow from when we're recording this. And Erica's like, did you know if they're under three, you could go for free? I said, no, because both the mine are over three, but my parents are paying. So in the end, it's free for me. I'm it all good. I'm for all good. you. <laughs> It's free for me. So so I'm all good. If the if the grandparents want to spoil their grandkids, I will willingly accept that uh charity. And uh one of the cool things and one of the things I want to talk about here, guys, is setting the scene of of what your current life looks like. Like I mentioned, I'm going to Disney World, we're going away for a week. Typically we travel different places other than Disney World, but we are able to have this built in freedom. I didn't have to ask anyone at work if I could go to Disney World. I didn't have to like do anything to take time off. Obviously, I told the people on our team, hey, I'm not going to be here, this and that. But have that time freedom, have that location freedom uh, to be able to do that. And both of you have been able to build that in your life as well. So John, set the scene a little bit because it's a bit of a more current development for you, this, this kind of nomadic freedom that you are now experiencing. Yes, absolutely. So um, first of all, one of the events that we all three were involved in last year was World Domination Summit. And my journey kind of started back when Chris uh, released his book, The Art Art of Nonconformity. And reading that book just kind of gave me permission to start looking beyond. Um, Not too many years after that, I left my corporate gig where I was in sales leadership with Fox Sports and launched out to become a coach. And almost immediately during that time frame, found these, this, these guys that had this organization that were just getting started called Location Indy, and Travis and Jason at that time. And I just kind of started playing on the sideline going, huh, I wonder if, I wonder if. And I'd already left corporate, but I had, you know, the old, the kind of the classic lifestyle of, of a home and mortgage and all that kind of thing. Went through a major life change that ended ended up leading me to Camp Indy, oddly enough, where I made the commitment that I was going to launch out. And, and I, at that time, had downsized through a divorce and I only had a house that I was renting. I had this, um, uh, I'd already kind of gone to you know, what happens often in a divorce. I'd already gotten rid of a lot of stuff. 
but had continued to work in the minimizing my lifestyle, minimizing what was holding me back. And uh, at Camp Indy, I committed. It was, uh, I believe we were, were we August, July, June? I can't September, remember. September, September, yes. September 2021. Yep. September 2021. And I, I remember writing down July 1st, 2022. And it was not planned. It was just like, there was this challenge of what's going to change and you have to you know, give it a deadline of when you launch. And it was July 1st, 2022. I didn't even really start working towards that. I just like, okay, well, that's going to happen. And um, I, I met with a, a fellow LI, LIer yesterday who planned for seven years for the lifestyle that he's now living. That's not, I'm not generally a seven-year planner. I'm like, hey, I'm going to have some vision for the future. But then it's like, shoot first, ask questions later kind of thing. And yeah, last year, let the lease go. Went nomadic, uh, immediately started traveling. I, I, it was somewhere around 80% of the days I was away from what had become my home base, which had become a rent house that my son has. I would at least had a place to lay my head when I came to visit the kids and the grandkids. And yeah, went, went, went crazy. It, it's uh, been an, an amazing, amazing lifestyle so far. Yeah. What have you, for you, John, what has been, I mean, the catalyst, like you mentioned, was setting that date. And and that's one thing we did at Camp Indy 2021 was, was say to people, all right, you want to make this big change, set a date for it. And people have yeah. left their jobs. Like you, you said, all right, I'm going nomadic. I'd already left my corporate job, but I, I'm, I really want to let go of this last few things. Everyone picks different things, right? That's a big move in their life to get them closer to what their ideal lifestyle looks like. What for you has been... It since since July first of twenty twenty two, and uh, and interesting enough, all of us were spending that time together, as you mentioned, at the World Domination Summit. Yeah. What has been the the biggest or most freeing thing about the the lifestyle now that you have? Because we are going to talk a little bit about the hardships too. So if you guys you guys know we don't gloss over. Oh, this is always perfect. <laughs> Just do it. You know, you'll be okay. But for you, because you finally made this change. Just give us an example of something or a moment where you're like, okay, this is it. Like I, I decided to do it and and now I'm living it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because the I think it was the April before Camp Indy, I I officially went from the sideline of location indie to engaging and being a part of the community on a monthly basis. And that I think even more than the date at Camp Indy, I think making that commitment to a community of people who were also committed to living life different. And I've always kind of been a living life different kind of guy anyway. When I left corporate, my, my, my closest friends weren't shocked that I left. They were shocked that it took me so long to leave. I've just mm -hmm. always had a little contrarian uh, mindset. So, yeah, so I, I think that was probably the most pivotal thing was actually, you know, when I first joined LI and then being in that community Having the confidence that other folks are doing this was absolutely huge. And then the last thing, kind of maybe more directed to your exact question, is the reality that I do not need. And it's easy to say you don't need things when you have a lot of stuff and a big income and all that kind of stuff. But it's different when all of that is gone and you literally don't have a home, technically, right? to say, what do you need and what do I really just want? And I don't need much. I, I, I truly, it's it's an amazing thing to be in a house sitting on an island off of Puerto Rico as a hurricane's coming through. 
And I, I was, it was my first hurricane and that was my first major. It was like a month long house sit. And I had, it was like, I hadn't, I wasn't afraid. I was, I was like, this is one of the most exciting things that's happened in my life. And it's happening in somebody else's house on an Island. I, it's like I, that kind of freedom you just, you just don't have when you have so much stuff weighing you mm. down. Mm. Erica, he, he, he had a great word in there, contrarian. And <laughs> I think if people are listening to this and you, and you feel that way, because I think there's a lot of people who are listening who, who are in a, maybe a more traditional role in a nine to five. I was there as a teacher, John, you were in corporate. Erica, you've done some of that as well, where you're in a more formal or traditional role. But you know, even if you don't know how you're getting out, even if you're like, oh, no one else is doing it, like, what am I going to do? I'm not an artist. I'm not an author. I'm not an entrepreneur. <laughs> never, you don't really know how you're going to get there, but you know that you're different than everyone else there. As John mentioned, like, no one was surprised that he left. Just like, whoa, it took you so long. How, did you feel that? And was there a pivot point for you where you were like, it's just isn't going to work. Like this traditional thing is not not doing it for me. I mean, I have a little bit of a different background than John, and I totally got chills when you said that you put you drew the line in the sand and put a date to it and then like hit that. I love that. Um, my story is a little bit different uh, because the only job or the only career I've ever had in the United States, because I traveled a lot in and after college. The only job I've ever had is with a huge budget travel blogger called Nomadic Matt. And I think it's really funny because it's technically a traditional job. Like I <laughs> technically, like I get paid a salary and I have typical responsibilities. I have team meetings, but I've never had an office. I've never had set work hours. I've never had the things that like really make a job feel like a job. Um, and so I have always lived this life that is rather freeing because to me, my commitment to my job is like by the end of the week, I need to have worked the 40 hour work week. Now, what does that mean? That means that Sometimes I work at night. Sometimes I work during the day. Sometimes I work on weekends, but like I get to really plan my schedule. And what that also means is that I can travel anywhere I want, attend every single wedding of all my friends, go on every vacation, step in when my sister's in the hospital and watch her kid for a week. Like it's, it's the kind of freedom with a you know, within a traditional job setting that like makes it so desirable because I'm able to say yes to all these things that everyone else that would, like you're saying, have to like ask for time off, ask for this, ask for whatever. Like I can just build that into how I get my work done. And that's what I've been doing for almost a decade. And in the last like three, four years, my job has completely pivoted into an entrepreneurial position where I'm not necessarily an entrepreneur because I'm not taking on the kind of risks that you guys are wholeheartedly stepping into. And I have like so much 
love for you guys for doing that. Um, but I am in an entrepreneurial position within a company. So I run a whole branch of our company and that's on me. And so it's been a really fun way to sort of dip my toes into entrepreneurship, level up my leadership in like a really real way and have the nice safety net of a, of a salary, which I'm sorry. I know these are on podcasts that are like entrepreneurial based. So I don't want to like harp on that too much. And I think, you know, there are definitely drawbacks. It's not all like candies and rainbows, but I think this is like a very unique position that not a lot of people think is out there. And so like, especially people that feel like an entrepreneur at heart, but maybe have the kinds of responsibilities that, that warrant something else. Like I have a kid and a really expensive rent and stuff like that. <laughs> um, it is definitely a, a cool avenue to go down. I did not answer your question at all. Well, <laughs> well I want to get, I, I want to get back to like when you first felt like you couldn't do a normal thing, but this is such an important thing that you brought up and you said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying this, but actually <laughs> I am really happy you're saying it because there are a lot of people out there, myself included, when I left teaching, I wasn't ready to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really want to be like, I, I wasn't the type of kid who, you know, Oh, I would so an entrepreneur from age 12. You hear these stories and it's not, I was not ready to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really even want to be. I just knew that I didn't want to work like in a traditional mold. And so I kind of, not kind of, I stumbled my way through a lot of hard years of figuring it out where in that time, I actually wish there had been an opportunity or I'd been aware of kind of an opportunity where you could go and have autonomy and and maybe lead people and build some stuff out, but within the confines of a setting that maybe was a little more structured because financially, yeah, being an entrepreneur, especially starting out, can be very difficult and and you know the lack of stability of everything all at once can be hard. So I think you hit the nail on the head in that there's so many ways to go about this that you don't have to be in a completely corporate job like John, leave it and now be fully nomadic. And I know that stretch was over years. That didn't happen overnight. Some people do do it very quickly. Some people take seven years to plan it out. Some people who even come through our programs to build their own businesses never end up building their businesses. They transition to other companies that give them the freedom that they want. And so you don't have to, it's not all or nothing. Right. It's not like corporate America. This sucks. Nine to five. Wear a suit and tie. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm on an island in Puerto Rico with a hurricane coming through. <laughs> there is a big swath in there that we all can live in based on what we need at that time. Heck, there's even times where in my entrepreneurial journey, even after I, quote unquote, made it or had my own stuff where I sat back and thought, Man, for like a couple months, I just wish I wasn't making all the decisions. Like I would love to be in a role with with maybe some other people working together, right? Because it can certainly be exhausting and daunting. So I, that's what I am happy that people who are coming to Camp Indy or listening to this podcast or in location Indy can see is that there isn't one way. There's in fact a thousand ways and each person who comes on and talks about their story shows that there isn't one way. And some people relate to John's story. Some people relate to your story, Erica. Some people relate to my story. Some people relate to a mishmash of stories. But it isn't just 
well, you had to do this and now you have to do that. Right. Um, but to your point, Erica, when did you know that it wasn't like you knew early? Okay. That's one of the things I love about you. And when we met, I was like, how did she know? So like I wish I knew when I was in college that I wasn't cut out for regular stuff because I would have made different decisions. Yeah. So you knew basically I knew really early. early. I knew early. I actually went to school for interior design. So I was set, setting myself up for a really nice, cushy life in like Connecticut where I grew up. And uh, pretty like halfway through my junior year, I basically decided I did not want that life. My life was meant for bigger things. There were people that actually needed like help and I wanted to help them. And I though interior design helps people. I didn't see that as like the way I wanted to do it. And so I actually uh, got a free trip to Qatar and like through my design school and fell in love with the fact that I was going to a country that nobody had any clue about. And when I got there was just like phenomenal. And when I came back and told everyone I wanted to study abroad there for a semester, everyone's first reaction was like, oh, cool. Where's Qatar? And I what state is that in? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, where's Qatar? That sounds fun. And I said, it's in the Middle East. And then everyone, everyone's reaction, even though I had just gone there and experienced it myself and they have no clue what this is. This is pre pre-World Cup, pre-lots of stuff. Like this was back in the day day. Um, I'm I'm 35, almost 36 now. So this is like 15 years ago. The moment I said Middle East, everyone was like, oh no, don't go there. I was like, I've already been there. <laughs> I just and came so back. That can, that's like where the contrarianism comes from because I was like, then so dead set on proving people wrong that I went ahead and had the best year of my life up until like I met my husband, which should probably be the best year of my life. So like up until then, that was the best year of my life for like 10 years. And I just loved it. And the second that I had that experience, like the second that I moved to Qatar for a semester, stayed for the year, graduated from there, I went on to do like, other things that I had never heard of other people doing. I lived on a bunch of weird, well, I can't say weird. I lived on a bunch of random communes and uh, in, you know, rural Thailand and South Korea, I taught and I, I uh, lived in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I lived in a, in a, you know, in a termite clay hut in Zambia. I did all these things that I just had never heard of anyone doing or had rarely heard of them doing. And I became like the the person that was known to do the things that other people weren't doing. Like when people came to me and they said, oh, you're a traveler. Can you tell me what to do in Paris? I'm like, I haven't been to Europe. (laughs) like you could ask anyone else that like but do you have questions about Zambia and so what I I'll just finish this by saying one of the things that I got out of traveling so much especially to places people hadn't been is I got to see it with fresh eyes have low expectations and then tell everyone about it in a way that like people were then opened up to this experience. So then when I met Nomadic Matt, I saw it as an opportunity. I'd already been following him. And so when he offered me the job, it felt like surreal, but it also offered me the opportunity to help people travel 
without necessarily having been there myself. I had like a whole database of knowledge that I could help people travel with. And we were reaching people on a scale of like millions of people rather than just the people who knew me from my Facebook, which is cool. But like now I had a super great reach. And now part of my job, a big part of my job is planning tours all around the world. And now I get to plan where we're going to take people and what they get to see and the people they get to interact with that will then hopefully change their lives. So this mission is, you know, deep inside me from when I was 20 years old. And here I am a decade and a half later, still fulfilling it. And I feel really lucky to be able to do that. And I'm very motivated by contrarianism. Like I'm very motivated by like doing the unique, doing the thing that people tell you not to do, doing the thing that scares you, doing the thing that, that motive, like that motivates you to change your life basically, because had I not gone to Qatar, I'd be an interior designer in Connecticut. I'm sure. <laughs> now I'm you're, now you're planning group trips to termite huts in Zambia. Come one, come all. Listen, I have a, I have a dream list of where I could take people. And I, I only, I, you know, bits and pieces one day I'll be able to take them to termite clay huts, but for now, safaris in South Africa <laughs> will have to do. <laughs> mm. You know, what's so inspiring about your story is, and you mentioned this, you were doing stuff that other people weren't doing or very few people that you knew were doing, but you just kept pushing your comfort zone another level, another level, another level, right? Uh, there are times I think where we push our comfort zones in a big jump, right? That, that does happen. Each one of you have had that in your life. I've had it in my life. I, and I think sometimes looking back, it's a little more evident not that we didn't feel fear in the moment, but there was also the excitement to kind of get us through the fear. And then looking back, like, well, that was a big jump. And, and I didn't even know it was going to have such a big impact or a big jump on me. But usually in the moment, what I feel is like, all right, well, I did this and now I'm doing this and now I'm doing this. And you're just kind of building on that. But all of a sudden you get five, six, seven steps ahead of, of where normal Erica was, normal John was, normal Travis was before you start. Like you took one trip to Qatar. Okay, you didn't know you were going to study abroad, but you came back like that was amazing. Now a year there isn't crazy, but it might have been, but it's crazy everyone else who didn't even get there, right? And then, all right, now Zambia is maybe not as crazy because like, well, I've been to a place where everyone told me I shouldn't go. Let me try this out. Have you seen that as well, John? Like put when you're pushing your comfort zone, is it usually in big leaps? Is it a culmination of things that then now that we have time looking back, even just on this call where you're like, whoa, it was building to it, even if I didn't know the steps that were happening along the way and it wasn't as congruent as as it looks now, you know, in my mind. Yes, yes. I mean, I, my mind's just exploding after hearing Erica's story with just thoughts. Because as a coach, one of the things I love to do is start with a personal mission. And Erica said that mission that I had that was deep inside me back when I was in my 20s or 20. I'm still getting to live that out, but in different ways. So in my verbiage, I talk about um, helping people identify that mission, that person. That's a, it's not what you do. It's who you be, you know, your why, that thing that's deep in you. And she found it super early. I, I, I defined mine later 
but feel like I got to live it most, if not all my life. And that idea of what you're discussing is, is what I call vision, right? And so mission, I think, is in you. It's, we, it's, we, it's why you exist. It's why you were created. And vision is how you live it out. That's the thing that changes. I call it the canvas of life, right? So as you go through life, you, your, your vision for way out in the future may be kind of fuzzy, but the things you're doing now are pretty, pretty specific. At some point in the nomadic mat world, right? Erica, they had this idea of the trips and it was fuzzy, but wouldn't that be cool? Now she's doing it and it's crystal clear, but to get there, you got to, I, I say God can't drive a parked car, right? So got to pull away from the curb and start moving. And that's when you have those little things and the bumps and bruises that take place, but they take place no matter where you are. If you go into a classic corporate, if Erica had gone into interior design, she would have learned things that she didn't learn in school. She would have fallen on her face a couple of times. Well, Erica may not have, but a lot of people would. And then learn as you go, because that's how we get better. But we can't do that if we're stuck on the side of the road, afraid, fearful, something else Erica just talked about is, is do it afraid, right? Is that that's what you got to get off the curb. You start, start moving forward, go towards your dreams. It's another thing. One of the biggest regrets people have at the end of their life is not following their dreams. And so I, I just love it, Erica. I'm super excited listening to your story because you started early. You identified or at least knew down deep why you were here and you started doing things that brought that out and your vision got clearer as you went. You're going to get new vision because you're going to knock it out of the park with this, uh, with the travel piece and taking people there. And then there'll be something new that you don't even know exists. None of us knew podcasts exist not that long ago. That wasn't a thing, right? And yet here we are. We get new vision, new, new, it, we get new excitement. There's new opportunities, new dreams to pursue, but we got to keep moving forward. How do any people, of that makes sense? Yeah. How do people find their mission? I mean, like you said, it's who you are and it's what's inside of you. And um, and Erica, one of the things I've always loved about you is you you felt very strongly about your mission, like from 20. You know, me, it took me a, a while. Uh, and, and I think there's still times where the, the mission changes. Right. Like or or or. The vision changes, but the mission also gets tweaked because, again, you don't even know something exists. Like now one of my missions is helping families be able to travel for extended times. Well, that was not my mission when I started because I was not. Yeah. Like you, Erica, like me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was not a family. So like that's mission vision, you know, but what if someone's sitting there saying and this is open to both of you guys just to to um, weigh in. Hey, I get that uh, I, my mission is not what I'm doing now, but man, what what can I do to start trying to get a bit clearer on what it might be? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in just because I love this. It's, it's where I start with every client I have, and I've got a little process that they walk through, but it is it is the deeper thing. So, so my personal mission, I believe I exist to passionately inspire others to more of what they were created for. So that that more, that moving towards the center of your more is what I feel like life is about because it's a journey. And, and we don't, I don't believe in retirement because I never want to stop. I want to continue living out my mission. And that mission isn't working for in sports marketing or being a nomad. That's the vision of how I'm living it out. That's how it actually is in, in my mission statement to passionately inspire others to more, you don't hear a job title, 
You don't hear a, a, a specific program that I'm running. Those things are the vision that I have for pursuing. Right now, one of the biggest ones is becoming a, a paid public speaker, right? And so that's a big kind of thing that I had when I was a kid. In college, I was actually did a lot of that. And then through my sales in sports, I ended up getting to do a lot of public speaking, but not as a profession. So the coaching and the speaking is my main thing. Again, a coach was only in sports back when I was growing up. Now it's a whole different world, right? And so that was a new vision that I, that I got to pursue. But going into that mission, I, I, I help people just identify core value stuff. And it's, it's, a, it's a process that we don't have time to go through here, but it's down in you. And I believe it's, it's so much fun when you see the light come on in somebody's eyes. That it's not being a real estate agent or working in as a teacher or, or even, you know, Erica, where you are, you're living it out, but you're, you're working for in a position doing a thing, but that deeper thing that's in you is coming out through your current position and through what you're currently able to do. And it happens. This is what I love. It happens. It is happening in Erica's life, not just in her work, but in her family, Travis, the same for you. It, it's who you are. So it comes out in every facet, family, work, friendships, relationships, job opportunity, everything. It's like coming out of you when you get that. And when people find that and they go, okay, wait a minute, that's either why I've really enjoyed this or that's why I'm so miserable because I cannot, I got to a point in corporate America where the corporate piece was keeping me from living out my mission. It became a, a too much of a deterrent. And I knew I had to get out from under that ceiling to step into whatever was going to be next for me. Before I got to that level, I actually was able to have a ton of freedom and travel and do a lot of things because I was in sales and I didn't have a lot of you know pressure on me. But as I started going further up the ladder, things changed. People started, no, you can't talk like that in, in, in your job. I'm like, what do you mean I can't talk? I can't help people. I, tell, I would tell my employees, hey, if your next position is not available in our company, come to me. I want to help you get it wherever you want it to be. And they look at me like, you want me to leave? I go, no, I want you to live out what you were made for. And if I can't help you do that here, I want to help you do it wherever, wherever you desire. So anyway, I'm on a little bit of a roll there. But yeah, I, that getting that peace, getting that understanding of, oh, that's why this feels so good. When you're, it's like a, a baseball player when he when he swings and he hits that sweet spot of the bat and it just sails. When you feel that that sweet spot in your life, you know that that's helping you. you something about that is what you were made for. Is is what your mission is, mm. your purpose, your calling. <laughs> Use different terminology for the same thing, Erica. Super well said. Also, I wanted to say this in the beginning, but your voice is definitely the voice I hear when I hear the word coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, I will, I'll second everything you say said, but I'll also give some credit to your whole, your whole industry, John, because honestly, I did a transformative education class when I was 17, my whole family did. And it had us question basically why we were put on this earth wow. and like what our purpose is. And from 17 years old, I was very aware that like life is about relationships 
and how you can improve the lives of others. Because Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in this world that is not that great. And so like, what are you doing with your one life to make it better for other people? And so I, my mission is just to connect people. That's my whole mission in life. So I choose to do that through traveling because it's really fun, but really what lights me up and what gets me so excited is meeting people. I'm really extroverted meeting people, but what like really like fulfills my, my purpose on earth is when I introduce two people and they meet without me. When I get that selfie of them in another country, in another state, in my city without me, and they have become friends because of me, that is like my whole mission is fulfilled because those people are now connected because I feel like the only reason that bad things happen in this world is because people don't know other people on a level that make it impossible for them to do bad things. So I am on actually a mission of world peace with my friend connection making. And that's why I place so much effort and energy into like meeting people, finding out what what they love to do, and then connecting them with whoever I can connect them with. So I, I am absolutely 100% for coaches, transformative learning, education that gets you out of the, you know, traditional education system, anything that helps you realize like why you may have been put on this planet, what you can do to help others. Like that's, that's my passion. Like that's what I think the whole world should learn about. And now that I have a two-year-old son, I'm like, how do I make sure that like, he's not just leaving high school with the idea that like, okay, economics class is the end all be all. It's not, it's people. It's always people. It's people and how you can help them. So, yeah. You know, as you're saying that, (laughs) yeah, as you're saying that Erica, it's funny because I am sitting there and I think one of the things for me when it comes to finding your mission is I feel like it's very hard. Yes, you have to do the deep work. You have to think about this, but it is, I would say, almost impossible for me. And I think for a lot of people to do it without having other people around you to help you see and pull it out of you whether it be a coach, whether it be a support group, whether it be a community, as John talked about, like a location indie. For me, when I get clearest on my mission and then the vision that will be the next step of that mission, it's almost always when I'm around other people talking to them, as I talked about with you, Erica, like you and I going back and forth on different conversations, right? Meeting at conferences or events, right? Having people on podcasts. Like for me, it is almost constantly when I am in contact and conversation with others who have shared values as me. And Mm. then I come away and I'm like, wow, now I can think through this piece, not just being inspired and motivated, but like 
in a way that is very difficult for me that if I just sat in my room, was like, I'm going to figure out my mission, right? Because there's perspective that you all have that, that I might say, yeah, I, I, okay. That, yeah, I did that. That was okay. And you're like, no, 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 stop and think, wait, you're saying that was okay. That had a massive impact on me or on this people. And you're, and you're just kind of brushing it off. And so I think we're all quick to brush off maybe the things that we've done and the effects that we've had that could be part of our mission or are our mission. And, you know, personally, you know, running an event is, and you know, this with trips, Erica and John, you probably does corporate or like running an event like Camp Indy. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for it to be stress-free because it's like been the most stressful thing in my life leading up to it, right? As someone who's putting it on, the, the only reason I'm doing it, and this outweighs all the hard parts of it, is because I know, just like you said, Erica, that by running camp, people will come, they will form connections, they will have relationships, we'll have a ripple effect, they'll go off, they'll be friends, business partners, what have you. And it's not because of me, right? I'm not saying, oh, you got to meet this person. You know, like I can help facilitate. But I know that getting hundreds of people together on a campground in Connecticut where all they have to do is just learn, enjoy, and have fun and connect with each other will have such an impact that is way bigger than me trying to do it any other way. Totally agree. And I, I want to add something. I'm going to guess, Travis, that you had the warmest, most incredible feeling hearing that John had a life changing experience with you as the source. And I'm not saying you told him, I don't know, because I wasn't there. I don't know if you were the one telling him to write down his due date. But just I don't know either. I, I don't know either. So <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter. Right. Was it me saying it? Was it some other speaker? Who knows? But it's like just by creating the space for people to have life changing opportunities, to have life changing conversations, to have life changing connections made like that is humongous. And I've known you for years and years and years, Travis. I know you go to sleep at night thinking like, I can't even believe I get to live this life that has such an impact on the people that I'm interacting with. And that's incredible. Like Camp Indy is so much more than a summer camp. It's an opportunity for you to really meet the kinds of people that have the kinds of life that you always dream of. And that's honestly like meeting people that are doing the things that you want to do. That's how you get to actually put it into action and do it. You know, I have had I'll, I'll tell you an experience that's funny in my past is I went to, uh, I went to this yoga retreat in Thailand or sorry, it was in Cambodia at the time it moved to Thailand and it's called Vagabond Temple. And I had such an incredible experience at this yoga retreat in Cambodia that I told everyone about it. And all of a sudden, like to this, to date, I think there have been like 11 of my friends from the States mm. <laughs> that have traveled all the way to this one yoga retreat in Cambodia, not because, not because they really want to do yoga, not because they really want to go to Cambodia, just because they met me and I 
was like, you would love this. And they went and they loved it. And it's like they met somebody that had done it, done something that was like sort of in their sphere, something that they sort of could see themselves doing, but they weren't like putting the work or effort or even thinking that it was possible to go to you to a yoga retreat for a while. And the second that they met me, they were like, oh my gosh, you've done that? That's incredible. Like, I would love to do that. Would you recommend where you went? It's always been a dream of mine. Like, do you think that I should go? When should I go? For how long should I go? And all of a sudden, like all the steps got like put into place and they're there. And it is not easy. Like, it's not easy to just go to Cambodia. I'm not telling them to go (laughs) to Connecticut from New York. You know, that's an easy trip. Get to Cambodia for a number of weeks is a harder trip. And tons of people have done it since I went. I've been back. I brought my brother. I brought his friend. I brought my best friend. I brought my boyfriend at the time. (laughs) Like I brought lots of people to that yoga retreat because I just loved it so much. And the second that you meet someone that's doing something that's like almost like on the edge of what you think is, is possible, then, then when you meet that person, I'm also like this, I don't think is a visual recording. Like I'm not the most fit yogi person ever that people are like, oh yeah, of course you did a yoga (laughs) retreat for two months. They're like surprised and it makes it seem possible for them to go and do that. And it is possible, but like, you don't ever get to see that until you actually meet that person. That's why gathering people together is so important, Travis, and what you do. Well, thank you. And I, uh, you could, John, you could hear Erica's connector coming out, right? It's like, without a doubt. And that's the thing, right? You did something you loved. And there's people out there who would be like, I love this. I'm just going to go back. But your mission is deeper than that, right? You're like, I'm going to tell everyone because I had a profound effect and I need to connect them with this experience that I had. Um, And that's where, that's where all of our gifts, our unique gifts come out when you're able to connect get in front of people, John, for you, push people to to find out there more and to really dive into that. For me, it's really about sharing stories that people that will inspire people, as you mentioned, Erica, to just keep pushing a little bit further, doing something a little out of their comfort zone that gets them out of this stagnant lifestyle that they might be in. And so all of us will be at Camp Indy. There will be a lot <laughs> of other people as well there. Um, what I love about it is from all walks of life, right? All ages. We had someone the other day on a call be like, well, I'm 65. Can I come to Camp Benny? I'm like, you probably won't be the youngest one there. I can, right. you know, uh, we've had people older than that at the first Camp Indy. So all walks of life, all different areas, people who have built a lifestyle that is that is gearing up towards your dream lifestyle, people who are still stuck in it, in a lifestyle that they want to get out of. Doesn't matter where you are on this journey. The most important thing, as you heard John say and Erica say, and I'll say over and over again, is that you're just taking the next step forward, whatever that looks like. And we'll hold your feet to the fire. That will happen at Camp Indy. (laughs) If you come, don't expect just to absorb material and then be like, yeah, that was cool. You know, I went water skiing once. Like, Only come if you want to be challenged a little bit to say, yes, whatever the lifestyle that I'm leading now is, what's what's the more impactful better version for me, my family, the people around me, the more fulfilled version, because we're going to push you towards that. So if you want that, we're going to do that. If you don't want to be pushed, 
then uh, go, yeah, go somewhere else, you know, go find another place that you can water ski and do high ropes course and has a nineties dance party and, and karaoke. You can find <laughs> that a mishmash somewhere. Um, but come to Camp Indy if you also want to be pushed by amazing people like John, Erica, myself, the other people you're going to hear in the campfire chat sessions, um, because that is what this is about, is saying, how can we get you to more? Just as John mentioned, how can we get you to that more fulfilled life yeah. by putting you in front of the right people, by having you hear people who have done it so that it's not as scary and not as like not as daunting and overwhelming. So thank you both so much for taking the time to come. I cannot wait. I know you guys met each other randomly at WDS, but both of you are like, you look familiar. <laughs> so at Camp Bindi, you're really going to get to connect. So I get to play connector this time, Erica. Can't wait. Virtual high 10. <laughs> so thank you guys. A virtual high 10. If you are listening on location or on extra pack of peanuts, we will have more campfire chats coming out. If you're listening on both, send me a message on Instagram. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can do that at extra pack of peanuts. John, Erica, thank you guys so much. I want you to sign off as well. We'll all just say Camp Indy on three. How about that? Can we do that? Perfect. All right, here we go, guys. One, two, three. Camp, Camp Indy. Indy. <laughs> you all there? Cheers, guys. <laughs>